But who, who, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> he does want to deliver the message. Uh, started a series a few ba- uh, weeks back called uh, Genuinely Love People. And, uh, and, and really what it is, it, it's a series of a multiple series that we're going to be doing over the year. And uh, what we're focusing on over the year is becoming fully committed disciples. And that's our heart. We, we want to we follow the command of the Lord to make disciples. And in order to, be made, uh, to make disciples, we've got to be made into a disciple first. Most people, if you'll talk to them, they are convinced that they're already a made disciple. And, uh, and, and, and as we've been getting into this series, I can see some tweaking that needs to take place, some adjusting, some changing, some uh, uh, growing in my own life. And I think we're going to see this throughout, throughout our, our uh, time this year in focusing in on this, this series. And so I want to take you to a passage of scripture that we started out on. And uh, I think it's going to be one that we'll probably use throughout the year. We ought to just put it to memory if we haven't already, right? And it's in Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, authority, authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, goes on to say, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I, I love that. I love it. It says, teach them to obey all the commands, or teach them to obey every commandment. And as I was uh, examining this, one of the things, well, a couple of things that came to mind, first of all, is that when when we become a believer, we need to continue on. It's it's not stop. That's just the beginning. Uh, we we need to move from believing to becoming. We need to move from believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to becoming who He wants us to be in this earth, and to be the vessel that He wants us to be. Thank God that uh, that we're complete in Him. Thank God that we're uh, we are, uh, uh, you know, in the spirit, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but there are still things that he's going to develop in us solically that we need to uh, live out and walk out in and through our life. You understand what I'm saying? And so character, there's character issues that need to take place. There's things that need to take place in our life. Not to mention, we need to be equipped. Uh, we, we get born again, we, get, uh, we become the righteousness of God. We need to understand what that means. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're saved by grace, but we're also graced to serve. And so once we're saved by grace, then he wants, to, he wants us to take the grace of God and, and go ahead and serve him with it and live this out. So this is really what it's all about. Uh, it it's, has nothing to do with salvation. has everything to do with wh- how we live here on this earth. Does that make sense? So it said, teach them 
teach him the, those, all those things that I have commanded. Well, I want to I show you the main command that he's given us. Besides loving him, the main command is that we love others. And we need to genuinely love others. In uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, it says it this way. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, get this, as I have loved you. Now, that is quite a command. That we love others the same way that he's loved us. And it goes on to say, uh, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So it's the love of God that we need to walk in. We need to be, be matured in or be perfected in. Uh, that word perfect means to be matured in. And so we need to be matured in the love of God. And so we've been examining this over the last three weeks. This will be the last installment of this series. And, and so we want to we look into something and what it, what it means to do that. Well, the first week we talked about if we're going to love, genuinely love people, then we need to live in the spirit because we can't do this in the flesh. Love, the love of God is a, is a, a spiritual fruit, one, but God is love. And we know in the flesh, when we're walking in selfishness, when we're self-centered and we're thinking about ourselves, we know that we resist God. We resist the things of God in the flesh. We know that. So it, it takes us walking in the Spirit. We, we, we got into that and talked about that. The second thing that we discussed is that we need to live in submission. Submission to God and submission to one another in order to walk in love. So we examined that. Last week we talked about we need to, we need to, we need to live in serving people. That you can't love, truly love people genuinely and not serve them. That we ought to be serving people like crazy. Amen. I mean, we ought to be, we ought to be, people ought to be able to see us and and, and recognize that we are disciples of Christ because of our servanthood in the lives of other people. Amen? Well, today what I want to talk to you about is that we need to live life sacrifice, sacrificing. That in order for us to really genuinely love people, then we, we, we need to understand what it means to sacrifice our life for others. Jesus said, love others the same way I have loved you. He loved us to the point of sacrifice. He gave his life for us. Now, there's no need for us to go to the cross. Thank God for that. Amen? Amen. There's no need because it's already been done. The, the debt's been paid. It's already been paid for. So, therefore, we don't need to any longer. That's done. But there still is a measure of sacrificing that needs to take place in our life. 1 John chapter 3. We know John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. 16 says this, this is how we know what love is. Christ gave or he sacrificed, that word you see that uh, in other translations, he sacrificed his life for us. We too then ought to give our lives for others. So that's how we know what love is, is that we're sacrificing our life for others. Jesus said it this way, he says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about what 
you know, what's best for you. It's, it's got to be what God wants and what God desires. That's, got, that's what has to be the agenda of our life. Verse 18 says it this way. It says, my children, our love should not be just words and talk. So it can't be just a, a, a lot of words. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. It, it's got to go beyond just words. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. I believe the action that it's talking about here, according to verse 16, is the action of sacrifice. Are we really, really loving others the same way that he loved us? Do we really have the, the, the uh, reflection of that uh, life of Christ in our lives? Does it reflect Christ? I believe that's what a disciple is. A disciple, a true disciple, is a reflection of Jesus Christ here on this earth. I, I really, honestly, uh, I want our church to be a church that understands his love, first of all. Because I don't think you, you can really love others until you understand his love. Uh, you, you need to understand and, and settle the fact today that you are loved by God. That it, it, it has nothing to do, I mean, even when you were yet a sinner, he loved you. That it has nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do with the things that you have done, haven't done. Because you know what, if we go back and, and it has to do with our works, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says if we faulted in one area, we're guilty of all. So, so it's not in our own merit. None of us measure up. I, we tend to measure people by, by people's actions. But let me, let me tell you, God, he, Jesus paid for it all. So we need to settle the fact that we're loved. Now that we know that, now we can love others freely. We can love others the same way that he's loved us. Because it's no longer about us. It's about others. It becomes about others. Amen? And so he's called us to walk this walk here on this earth. He's called us to live this life here on this earth. And, 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 and the love that I'm talking about is the love of God, not a human fleshly love. Human fleshly love will marry you one day, divorce you the next. And, and, and I'm not talking about a, a, a love that's based on feelings because one day you might feel like loving God and the next day you may not. You may feel like loving your spouse and, and then you may, feel, may, may not feel like loving your spouse. So I'm not talking about a, a love that's based on feelings. I'm talking about a love that's based on the Word of God. Amen. That we love people because it's a choice that we make. We, 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 because that's what Scripture has called us to and because we're able to do that because the Spirit of God, the grace of God, the empowerment of God has enabled us to be able to love people that way. Amen? Amen? Man, this is awesome. I get to love you, even when you're unlovely. You, you've heard that song. I, my wife and I listen to it still regularly by the Grinch. You know that, that, that famous preacher, the Grinch. And that, that song, that, uh, that Grinch song, and there's a part of it that says, Stink, stank, stunk. That identifies some of you. You know that, right? But with the love of God, you know I can still love you even though you stink, stank, and stunk. Right? Amen. Because 
That's what I'm called to do because he, he loves me when I stink, stank, and stunk. And we can do that. And, uh, and so praise God for that. And so what I'd like to do is I want to talk about and kind of look at Many of you, if you've been around the Word of God, you've heard this story. But I want, to, I want us to look at love in action. If love's got, got to be beyond words and it's supposed to be action in our lives, I want us to look at a story in the Bible, and it was, it was really a story of, of about six people, as multitudes of people, but about six people. Jesus, it was a, 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 a story of him, and then it was a story of five other guys. There was one that was, uh, that was crippled, and, and he was carried to Jesus on a mat. You remember that story? And, uh, and he got to where Jesus was. They heard that Jesus was in town and, and uh, that he had the ability to uh, heal and raise people up. And, and so they were going to bring him to him and, and they couldn't even get to him. And so we know the story. They, they climbed the roof. They ripped off the, the, the roof and then let the guy down. And, and long story short, Jesus eventually heals the guy. And so what I want to do is I want, to, I want you to see, if you just read that story and you don't really look in it with the lens of sacrificing, I want you to see that these four guys, this small group, we're, we're a church of small groups, this small group sacrificed so that this guy could get to Jesus and receive his healing. And so we're going to read it real quick, and then I'm going to break it down, and I'm going to look at, I want to just show you four areas, four quick areas of sacrifice that we must have happening in and through our lives if we're genuinely going to love people like Jesus loved us. Are you guys ready? So let's look. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Thank God Jesus is in the house today. Amen. Immediately, many gathered together so that there were no room, no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. So get this. It was so jam-packed that people couldn't even get near. They couldn't even hear him. So get the picture. So there was no room, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So then they had broken through. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And we know later that he... Healed him, right? So let's quickly break this down because I want us to see four sacrifices that Jesus exhibited or these guys exhibited that, uh, that took place and that brought healing to this guy through Jesus that will also bring healing to those as we express the love of God in the lives of others. Because ultimately, isn't that what we want? People to experience Jesus through our lives? And so, first of all, let me tell you a, a, a sacrificing for one another in genuine love, what it looks like. First of all, number one, we need to sacrifice convenience. It was very inconvenient. 
It was heard that he was in the house. It was heard that he was in the house, and so they went out of the way to gather that guy. They couldn't walk. Get him on a mat, get him on a bed. I'm assuming that they had to get some ropes together or something. Somehow, they, it wasn't an easy task. We just kind of read through it really quick. But I'm here to tell you, it took time to get him. It was very inconvenient. It wasn't like, let's jump in the car and let's go down a block. It, it was very, very inconvenient for them. Don't we, especially in America, love convenience? I mean, anytime we experience any kind of inconvenience, we get irritated. Probably everybody in this room, including me, can get irritated when we get inconvenienced. We love our convenience. But I'm going to tell you, if you're genuinely loving people, it's going to be inconvenient. Probably most of the time. Most of the time it's going to be inconvenient for you to be able to love people on the, on the level that God has called you to love him. It was inconvenient for Jesus to leave his place of perfection and come into a place of imperfection to win our lives. To pay the price to give his life for us so that we can come to him and be in relationship with him. It was not convenient. And there's, there's going to be times where it's just inconvenient all the time. Matter of fact, if you're really going to love people, you just, you just cannot look at convenience as something that you value over people. People have to be valued more than convenience. I'm going to tell you that's probably not the case for most people. Because in the flesh, we hate to be inconvenienced. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm preaching better than you're saying Amen. At least, at least nod your head and act spiritual. Oh my gosh. This week, this week I, I was in uh, busy, busy week. I've had some busy weeks. And, and I, I think uh, this week we, I, I think we were gone every night, no doubt, all day long. And so it was just busy, 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 busy. And, uh, and Richard calls me Monday. Richard's our audio, a video tag back there. Yeah, he's the one that's preaching with me this morning, and he calls me and he says, "Hey, can I can I swing by and see you?" Actually, he texts me, and I, I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I got so much to do," but I didn't tell him that. I said, "Absolutely, come on," and uh, it, it wasn't convenient, and that's okay. You're going to have those times. How many times was Jesus interrupted? in the midst of going somewhere in, to, to minister, and he was interrupted. The woman with the issue of blood or somebody else, he was interrupted. And it was in those interruptions that God also showed up, not to mention eventually he got to his Lazarus. A few days later, but he raised him from the dead. Doesn't matter, right? He showed up, right? He showed up at both places. And, and, and here's, here's the point. If, if we'll just walk in the spirit, it's all going to work out. Don't, don't, value, don't value your convenience over, over uh, the love of God working in and through you. Convenience is, it's, 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 we just need to sacrifice that dude. Put it on the altar and say, you know what? I'm going to be inconvenienced and that's okay. 
Second thing that I see in this, uh, this story that must be sacrificed is comfort. Come on now, don't we love our comfort? We love to be comfortable. We love to be comfortable. And uh, if we're going to reach people, then we need to understand it's going to be uncomfortable from time to time. They came to him. They, they, they brought and carried this, this uh, guy. And that must have been uncomfortable to carry. You ever carried something for a good distance and how heavy it gets? And it's like, oh, gosh. It, and maybe, maybe uh, you've done that and you understand. And it can be very, very uncomfortable. And in ministry and loving people and serving people and, and even in, in, your, in your relationship with your spouse, there's uncomfortable times that you're going to encounter. And again, you can't value comfort over people. You can't value comfort over the love of God working in and through you. And, uh, and I've talked about just a moment ago how uh, we are just so busy, just lots going on. And, and I'm glad, I'm not complaining whatsoever. I don't work a day of my life in that. What I do, it's not work because I love what I do. And it's all about people. I love it. But I mean, we're busy. Well, today we probably won't get home until about nine o'clock tonight. Literally, we probably won't get home. We're going to go from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. But you know what? I'm, a, I'm living a life of purpose. Flesh, things that you accomplish in the flesh, do in the flesh, there's no satisfaction, not no long satisfaction in the flesh. It doesn't satisfy. There's always going to be a longing for more, a longing for... But when you're making a life-giving difference in the lives of others, there's such a, such a satisfaction, Amen. such a fulfillment that, that cannot come any other way. Being a vessel that God is using in the lives of others. Well, last Sunday was one of those times. And uh, we had uh, just, uh, it was uh, probably around 5.30 or so, uh, somewhere around there if I remember right. We had just jetted home to go drop off computers, literally just drop everything off at the house and then uh, got right back in the car and was heading out for a meeting. And uh, we were heading towards this meeting. And, uh, and I saw a neighbor uh, lady next, next door to me. And if she's listening, I, I'm not going to embarrass her or anything. But this, this is this, just the love of God rose up in me I'm that quick. And we need to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to God, sensitive to the love of God, that we, uh, that he prompts us and that he will prompt us. One, he, I, I believe that he tries to prompt us, but if we're not in position, there's no reason to knock on our door if we're not going to answer. But he, 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 he prompted me, and, and because convenience and comfort are not a value in my life. Now, I, I don't, I understand, I don't mind them. When it happens. But it's not, I, I don't value those things over people. And here I am driving off. We're needing to be, uh, to be at a meeting in just a few minutes. I didn't know how to respond, so I just pulled right over. My wife says, what are you doing? I threw over, opened the door, 
And I went to this lady and I just, I just said, hey, how are you doing? And she says, well, I'm doing such and such. And I said, listen, I just, just come over here for a moment. And I said, I just wanted to show you some love. I didn't know what to do. So I hugged her. And for you, you know, I, I, I'm a hugger. So I hugged her. And she broke down weeping right there in my arms. And she just wept. And so I, I, just, I just grabbed her, held on to her, held her for a little bit. And then I just prayed over her. Lord, just a small prayer. Just, Lord, whatever she's going through, whatever she needs, whatever it is that you need to do in her life, I ask you that you would just touch her right now. God, you know what it is. I don't need to know. And I just ministered to her for a few minutes. She just continued to embrace me. I continued to embrace her for just a little bit longer. And and then I said, hey, if you need my wife or I, just just let, let, let me know. And then I just left. Let me just say this. Never underestimate the power of a moment. Your little discomfort for just a moment can make a world of difference in the lives of others. But if you value your comfort so much that you guard it against anything that causes any kind of discomfort in your life, you'll miss those moments. Sometimes we think, man, it's going to take such a long time. You don't know. Just follow God. Be willing to sacrifice that comfort in order to make a difference in the lives of others. And these, these four guys, they did that. To me, we're missing the picture in this. We need to really, when we're reading the Word of God, we need to look beyond just the words that, we need to realize this was real life, a real life scenario, and try to put ourselves in the picture. What did they have to do to get Jesus to him? What did they have to do to get him to Jesus? I'm sorry. What, 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 what did they have to do? Thirdly, the third thing that needs to be uh, sacrificed is criticism. And, and the reason I say this is because we all have a tendency. We all have a tendency to criticize in the flesh. Our natural, natural tendency is to go negative. And if you go negative, you get negative. I say that a lot around here because one of our values that we value as a church, it's one of our our core values as a church is to deliberately choose a positive attitude. And I use the word deliberately because because we have a tendency to, to go negative. And if we go negative, we get negative. We start getting negative. I'm going to tell you this world holds nothing dear that satisfies. Accumulate. How many... How many multimillionaires taking their life? Money's not going to answer the question. Answer's not going to fulfill you and I. Or, and you might, you might think, well, sure, make life a lot easier. I, I don't know. You know, I'm not there. I'm not a multimillionaire, so I can't speak to it. But I'm going to tell you what does satisfy. I have a peace that passes all understanding, a joy that is unspeakable. I have a love of God that is beyond understanding. I, I love people that understanding just can't comprehend it. And it's not my human love. My human love will marry you and, and divorce you the next day. The moment I see something I don't like, I'm out of here, baby. In the flesh. 
but there's a love of God that resides in me that was placed in me by the by the Holy Spirit that I operate in and I can love people genuinely. And so you've got to you've got to sacrifice criticism because you know what they had opportunity to criticize. When they got there, it's like, my gosh, don't these people know that we're carrying this guy? He has this need, and there's, they're not even going to make room for me? They're not even going to clear the path? Don't these people see that I need to get this guy to Jesus and look at the need? You know, they could have began, began to criticize in so many ways, on so many levels. Don't you know it? It happened to me. I get there, and I can't even get in. And just start getting critical and start criticizing. Going negative. You go negative, you get negative. Please don't go negative. Always think the positive. Isn't that right? There's a number of things that happen with criticism. Criticism, there's, there, what happens is there becomes a disconnect. Because honestly, criticism or negative is, is, is not faith. You're walking in the flesh when you do that. And so there's a disconnect from, the, from the, the, really the grace and the power of God that God wants to flow in your situation if you, get, if you go, go to criticizing. And I've even noticed in relationships when people, I, I can, I, I may, they may have never criticized me face to face, but I can tell if somebody's criticized me, typically, I'm pretty sensitive to this, is that because there's not a flow of God's anointing in that relationship. It becomes strained. It becomes, there's just no flow. You remember Ephesians chapter, I believe, chapter 4. It says, let uh, no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Only that that administers, I'm paraphrasing, administered grace to the hearer. And it goes on right after that. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I, I, when, when I always do a checkup, I was like, why is, why is there no flow in this relationship like there used to be? Now, honestly, I have to guard my own heart. Every day, my tendency is to go negative. Because we all have a tendency to go there. First thing, when we see something, when we encounter somebody, right now you're being negative towards me in something. Look at the way he's dressing or look, look, at, look at how he's speaking or whatever. You know what? Change your thinking. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I love you anyway. I'm going to, you know, crucify, sacrifice that criticism so that you can receive from God. Let me, give you, let me give you my last thought, and then I'm going to give you uh, just some quick things. You've got to sacrifice some capital. You've got to sacrifice some capital. Think about this. These guys, when Jesus looked up, he saw their faith. The word capital, by the way, means wherewithal. So whatever it takes, you sacrifice it so that you can see the end result take place. They, he saw their faith. They've invested time. Somehow, somewhere, they've invested time enough to have faith to be able to take these, this guy to, to Jesus. There's been an investment. There's been some capital that's been invested somehow. Not to mention, who's going to pay for that roof? Uh, hey, you come digging in my roof to get, come into my house so that, you know, when I'm preaching, we're holding our big group. 
you better pay for the roof. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for it. So there was some capital that was being spent, and you know there was a sacrifice that was taking place. And these guys didn't care because they, they're, you know what they want? They wanted their buddy healed. And by the way, he got healed. And I'm so grateful for that. And, uh, and so there's, there's capital. You think of the Good Samaritan, uh, the whole story of the Good Samaritan. And, uh, and I, without getting into it all, because it, it's a great story, but, but uh, the Good Samaritan himself, he was willing to, uh, to invest his oil. He was willing to invest his time which is capital. He was willing to invest his money when he left the guy at the end and said, if there's, any, if there's anything that uh, this doesn't cover, I'll come back. When I come back, I'll, I'll make sure that I cover it. He, he invested some capital. If you're not investing capital in sacrificing capital in your, in your relationships, then you're probably not loving that relationship at the level that God says that we're to love one another. And so I would begin to examine, why is my relationships not as healthy? Why aren't they thriving? Why aren't they loving? Why aren't they at the level? Because love never fails. If we're operating in the love of God, then it's going to succeed. Love of God is powerful. Why? Because when love is operating, God is operating. Because God is love. He's on the scene. And any time you express it, you see, it wasn't me that embraced that lady that made the difference. I was just a vessel. It was him in me and through me that made the difference. When I just, I, I had one guy say this, he had, he had lost his wife. He says, he, he told me one time, he says, never underestimate, because it made such an impact in his life, never underestimate the love that you're expressing in, 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 in the lives of others. It just made a, it made a huge difference in my life. Because I, I'm, I'm imperfect. I'm, I've got issues. I've got areas in my life that I'm, I, I mess up in. And I, I, you know, I just do. And, and, but, you know, even in my imperfection, his love is perfect. And his love can make up the difference. So you love people. And as a church, guys, I'm calling you to love. I want us out in the communities loving people. I want us. I want. I want us sacrificing our our time. I want us sacrificing uh, whatever it takes so that we can reach into the lives of people and bring them to Jesus, so that Jesus can heal them, save them, set them free. Whatever they need, let's let's do that. Amen. 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 Let me let me pause it. Just quick thought. Just some quick thoughts, real quick. Four dimensions of love. The Bible talks about the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of God. You know, we're, we're three-dimensional, but the love of God is four-dimensional. It, it's supernatural. How I many you agree with that? Amen. Again, it's God. <laughs> the love of God. Love, love, God is love. And there's four dimensions of love that we need to see happening in and through our life all the time. In our love. Four, four dimensions. Number one is love corrects. Love corrects. It always corrects people. Because we don't want people going in a direction that's going to harm them. 
When we see people that are doing things that uh, is going to eventually hurt them, harm them, we ought to see, we ought to allow, because Jesus was like this. He loved people. He corrected people. Because he didn't want them to have the end result. The wages of sin is death. He didn't want them to live in the flesh because the Bible says those that live in the flesh produces death. He wanted people to have life and peace. And so we need to be willing to correct people. That's what the love of God will do. Uncomfortable? Absolutely. Is it uncomfortable correcting people? Well, we guess what we've already done? We've crucified comfort. Right? If we've, if we've crucified comfort, let's go ahead and step out of that place of comfort and let's go ahead and bring correction to somebody so that we keep them from getting hurt in their life. Number two, love also protects. Love protects. It's always guarding and protecting people. Wanting the best, protecting them from the worst. Wanting the best, protecting them from the worst. And then love, also number three, it provides. It's a provider. I just talked about that. I just talked about capital and, and, and then, uh, so I'm not going to get into it. And then love believes. We believe in God. We believe in people. Listen, I, there's not anybody that's so far gone that the love of God cannot reach. Please quit writing people off. Please quit doing that. Love people. Love people. The the love of God is so powerful. And if you'll do that, you'll see these relationships be how they got intended, desired, and designed them to be. And you'll see yourself develop in that area as a disciple and be the disciple that he said that we're to be making or be made into so that we can make into uh, other people into. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We're grateful, grateful for your, your eternal word, your word that is life-giving. Thank you, Lord, that your word is spirit. I thank you today that uh, you have instructed us so that we could be equipped, so that we could uh, walk out this life making the kingdom impact that you've called us to make. You didn't call us to walk and just be in this earth and and not make a, a, a kingdom impact you called us here to subdue this earth have dominion over this earth to be fruitful to be multiplied